Well, good morning, everyone. Morning, morning. My name is Kenneth. This is my beautiful wife, Amanda. We're the Lombards. And we are uh, excited to have the opportunity to welcome you all here to church. We, I don't know if we have any first timers, but if, you, uh, if this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Make sure you uh, stop by one of our Connection Central booths and uh, get plugged in. We have a gift for you. Uh, there's two inside the lobby and there's one outside. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for today. I get excited for this day every year uh, because I love football, right? We got the NFC and AFC championship games today. Big, uh, big exciting things, and uh, I can't wait. But I'm even more excited because on Tuesday, it's my birthday. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, thank you. But more importantly, it's actually Dana Hutzko's birthday on Tuesday as well. I don't know if you know that. So make sure you send her some love uh, this Tuesday. But I'm especially excited about today because today's my birthday. My wife was so kind to kind of organize kind of like a, a party-ish for me. We were going to play pickleball. Any pickleball players out here? No? Okay, I'm the only one. All right, that's fine. Well, you guys should all pick it up. Okay, a few, few people. Anyways, well, it's, it's raining, obviously, and it's, uh, pickleball isn't so good in the rain. But thankfully, the Lord provided a house for us, my house, to turn into a pickleball court. Uh, so we're going to experiment with indoor pickleball today, so I'm excited for that. Uh, so we really so wish did. Us luck. The furniture has all moved out of the living room, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. We have a pickleball court in our house. So hopefully we don't break any windows and no one gets hurt. <laughs> so anyways. Children, we're children. Anyway, welcome. We're so happy that you're here. Um, by the way, we didn't say welcome if you're online oh, yes. and you're dry because you're at home. Congratulations for you. Um, today we have Bible journaling. Want to give that a shout out. Yeah, Lauren. Um, I've heard amazing things. Two of my dearest friends are very involved and they make the most beautiful pages on their Bible. And it's a way, another way of worshiping the Lord, right? Another way of prayer, praying and meditating on the word of God. But then you get to be creative and artsy, which is the opposite of me. Is it at two o'clock? Thank you. At two o'clock in the cafe, even if you've never been before, Lauren will welcome you with open arms. You can definitely check it out. Um, so we are football fans, so my question to you is I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment before we get to worship the Lord is, who are you rooting for? Are you a Niners fan or an Eagles fan? That's the game that's coming up right after this. Or you could say, I don't actually care about football at all. That's also an option, all right? So stand up and greet someone. the God who has resurrection power. Thank you, Jesus. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible 
Don't. 
Christ. Christ in power resurrected as we will be when he comes. Until then, Lord, God, we acknowledge in our multi-generational congregation, Lord, we have different seasons of life being lived out amongst us. And God, as, as the young have opportunity to, to learn from the old, so too, God, the old have opportunity to learn from the young. And so, Lord, would we, as we await our destiny of being resurrected when you come, God, help us to live out what it means to be a Christian in our community, in our nation, and in our world, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you ask us to abide in you, Lord. We have so much more to learn from you, Holy Spirit. And so, God, would we just be quick to listen and slow to speak as you reveal more and more about your character and who you ask us to become. I thank you, Jesus, for this reminder of what community can feel like when we gather together as the people who worship a risen king. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, we read this about that reminder of being young and old. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning when people live to be very old. Let them rejoice in everyday life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it is wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything that you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. God, we thank you for that reminder of both realities. In all that we do, whether we are young, whether we are old, God, we worship you. Help us to worship you rightly in every aspect of our lives, Lord. Help us to live out a faith that is full of Christ-giving life. Christ in power, resurrected as we will be when he comes, Lord. This next song we're singing, rend the heavens and come down. Make this city your holy ground. We will raise a banner and lift up a shout. God, you reign and you save forever. Help us to sing these words, God, and to mean them. We are expectant on you to do great things, Lord. Even now, may we be your hands and your feet as we live out your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
know whose we are because we know who you are. God, would you come down and mark us all? Mark us as your children. Encourage us, God, to share our faith. God, would we, would we not be a people who live in fear, Lord, but God, would we be afraid to not share the good news that it is Jesus Christ who came because you loved us so much. You were willing to take death on a cross to save all of humanity, God. That, that is the gospel truth, and we are not ashamed of the truth. Christ in power resurrected as we will be when you come. God, that's what we want for everyone. Our brothers, our sisters, the prodigals, those who are lost in addiction, those who are lost in depression. God, we just declare a breaking of chains. We declare a breaking of generational sin in Jesus' name. God, we believe that our faith moves mountains. We believe in tangible change, God. This isn't some performance, God. This isn't something that we do on a regular basis just because it's the status quo, God. We believe in your resurrection life. We believe in the power that is in the name of Jesus. And so right now, God, we just speak Jesus over the names of individuals who come to mind when we think about prodigals. We speak the names of those couples whose marriages are in shambles, God. We speak the names of those who are lost and wandering in the darkness. Rend the heavens and come down into every situation, no matter where we find ourselves, on the mountaintops or the valleys. God, we need you. We believe you. We believe what you said when you say you'd come again and you would restore everything and make it all new. God, would you make it new now? Would you start that work now in Jesus' name? Let's just declare that chorus one more time and sing it like we believe it. We want you, Lord, to rend the heavens and come down. Make this city your holy ground. We will raise a banner and lift up a shout. and is and is to come. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. What a powerful time of worship. And I don't know about you, but I really needed it. And um, if you're watching online and you're wondering what the black stuff is under my eyes, I just cried all my mascara off. I'm just a mess this morning. But um, I felt like God was just wanting me to just read this verse and um, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I don't know about you, but I needed that reminder this morning. And, um, whew, okay, so this is just crying, Joanna. Just bear with me. But um, God is just so good. And I would like to invite the ushers forward to receive the offering. And um, this is just a, a way that we get to be part of what God is doing here at New Life and around the world. And if you want to know more about tithing here at New Life, we just invite you to download our app, come see us at Connections, 
And we have a saying around here that we, um, we want New Life to be more than a place to attend on Sundays. We want you to know it is a family to belong to. And there is a great opportunity so that you can really understand what that looks like and what that means. And that is attending Crash Course next Sunday. Don't worry, I looked, it's not the Super Bowl. At first I kind of panicked because I didn't want to miss the snacks, but it's not that. And we just invite you to come. And Pastor David teaches it. It is a great way to know who, who we are, where God is leading, and how you can be part. Because we need all of us. We're one big family. So if you want information on that, you can go on our website. Again, come see us at Connections. We would love to tell you how you can be part of that. And also, another great thing that our, our big family does is we are part of the pantry. And I know a lot of you have seen our um, pictures on social media lately that our pantry shelves are empty. And I was just wondering, you know, how can this be? And I heard the numbers for this last week. And this last week, there were 143 families that came through the pantry, which equaled 599 individuals. And it is just such a great thing to be part of, to be able to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I was talking to Pastor Gina just about how the pantry started, the, the pantry the way we have it now. And she had shared that in, back in 2019, she felt God really prompting her um, during some of her counseling appointments where people were sharing that um, they didn't have money for food and they couldn't feed their families and how stressful that that is. And um, back about 10 years ago, I was right there too. And there is no bigger stress than if you think you cannot feed your kids, right? And so she started praying about it and sharing the idea with leadership and different people. And the pantry opened this um, self-serve where you can just pick your own groceries and what your family needs opened in January 2020 before the shutdown before we knew what that was going to look like so when it happened in March of 2020 we were ready God is so good like he went before and so I know that right now he has already gone before and if you have not seen our pantry I'm telling you Carrie over here gives a great tour and if you want to know, I seriously, like, she would love to show you what God is doing over there and how you can be part. So um, come again, see us at Connections. I will connect you to her and to the pantry. And right now, would you just take a minute just to prepare your heart for what God has for you today? Because I know it is going to be so good. All right, church, I'm going to actually ask you to stand to your feet again. We're going to go back into this, uh, that last song, um, Rend the Heavens, because it is it's tied into what I'm talking about today. Um, and so I just want us to in, engage in worship again and believe what we're singing about God come through. Because 2 Peter chapter 3 says that God's patient on our behalf because he wants all humans to be in a relationship with him. And so he's waiting in his return to come back. He's waiting, the father's waiting to send the son Jesus back to the earth to crack open the sky because when he comes back again the second time, he's coming in judgment. And so God right now is, is being patient for our sake. And so as we go back into this song called Rend the Heavens, as we sing this song, think about those, the, the, those people in your life that don't know Christ, that need to know him. 
so that when Jesus comes back one day, we have no idea when he's gonna come back, that those people will be in heaven with us, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. So can we, church, can we, can we break up some of our service and, and, and go back into a worship song before we get into the word? Is that okay? Okay, let's sing that again. Spirit, we ask, Father, we ask, Jesus, we ask that you would throw your weight around in this room. Father, we ask that you would throw your weight around in this post-Christian society that we live in in the Central Coast. God, we ask that you would throw your weight around, throw your glory around for those in our community, those in our life, those in our homes, those in our schools, those in our jobs that don't know you yet that you would open their eyes to see the beauty of Jesus and who he is. He's not just savior, he's king. So give that revelation to our community, to this post-Christian community that we live in. So Father, as Moses prayed on the mountain, 
Let us see your glory this morning. We do not want to walk out of this place without your presence being with us. Because it is your presence that distinguishes us between other people in this world, in this post-Christian society, Lord. So let your glory go with us. Let your goodness pass before us. Because we understand in the, two, in the New Testament that it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so let our post-Christian society experience your goodness. And raise up a people for your namesake. I've got a remnant for you. Who take the ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling humans back to God seriously. So we love you, Jesus. Tell him you love him. Say, I love you, Lord. And God, we thank you for your love towards us. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. If you love God, say amen. 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 You may be seated in here. Thank you. So I'm going to give you the scripture real quick that I was thinking about. 2 Peter chapter 3. Beginning of verse eight says, but, sh- but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, dear brothers and sisters, one day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and the thousand years is like a day. The Lord is, is not really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for our sake, for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. And, Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. So this is what what God's word says. And I'm so glad that you have come to church this morning to be a part of the body of Jesus, which we call the church, what the scriptures call the church. And I hope and pray that as we move through the, the scriptures this morning and then after we teach, we have another song that we're gonna sing called make room because we want to definitely make room for Jesus to do what he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds. Thank you. You know, he's from the South, so. (laughs) And so I just want to prepare. I I, want to let you know where we are going in the service. We're going to continue to worship God through the teaching of his word, but we will come back. we, We will stand back to our feet and sing a song called make room. And so as, before we get to a song called Make Room, I want you to make room through the teaching of God's word for, for, for the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because it's not the power of preaching, it's not my words, it's not Pastor David's word, it's not whoever stands up on this platform that teaches that's going to convince anyone in this room, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that's gonna convince and change anyone's heart. And so, um, I almost ran to the table. So if you have a Bible, I hope you do, go ahead and grab your Bible app, (laughs) Bible out. And if you have a Bible app, go ahead and click that open as well. Uh, We're gonna be in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm gonna read one through seven and then teach on 13. And then, but I'm gonna jump around in scriptures too. And so I want you to, to have something in your hands to take notes too. 
if that's that little seat thing, like that, that little note thing on the back of your card that you can take notes on or your phone or whatever it is or in your Bible in the, in the margin, I want you to take notes this morning. Because the, the beautiful thing about preaching and spending time with God and, and asking him asking you to, to like stand up and, and, and proclaim something is, it's so beautiful because like you can study and, and prepare all day long, and, but if there's no power of the Spirit. So I am, ju- I am gonna be surprised just as you are of what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> and let me remind you that we, are, we have not come into this space for a show. We're about to watch a show at noon when the 49ers play the Eagles, but that's the show we're gonna watch. But right tonight, right, I mean, this morning, right now, this is not a show. The scriptures teach, Jesus himself teaches that when two or three are gathered in his name, that he's amongst us. As we read in the book of Revelation that Jesus himself walks through his churches. And so as we open God's word, be aware that Jesus himself is in the room. Jesus himself is gonna walk up and down these aisles. So be expectant, thank you. Be expectant for the Lord to do something in your life. And I'm gonna teach you something that we teach our students on Wednesday nights. I am the youth pastor here. Me and Christy Peterson get to lead our high school and junior high. And what we do every Wednesday is we, we tell the students to get your phone out, put it on silent, turn your smartwatch on silent as well so we're not distracted. And the, and the Bible also teaches this. Let those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God has to say. And so we've been in a, in a series in the book of Ecclesiastes. And today I have the, the privilege of ending that series in chapter 12. But before we get to chapter 12, because this whole series, if you see on the corner, it says, living with the end in mind. This is what the series is entitled. And we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes. We didn't go through chapter verse by verse but we encouraged you to go through the word, read the word, get Ecclesiastes in you because life apart from God is meaningless. This is what the teacher is saying in Ecclesiastes. Wealth without the Lord is meaningless because you're gonna continue to chase it. You're you're gonna continue to be a workaholic. You're gonna, gonna continue men and women to work long days and, and miss out on your family because you're chasing after the wind. Status in our society, apart from the Lord, is chasing after the wind. It's vanity, it's heavy, meaningless. So for us, as a church body in a post-Christian world, how do we live with the end in mind? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because the scripture says this in Proverbs 29, 18. Write that scripture down. I'm reading it from the ESV translation, Proverbs 29, 18. We love this scripture in the new year. But the scripture says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but we usually stop there, 
comma, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Write it down. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no prophetic vision. It's cool to have a church vision. It's cool to know where we're going as a church. But Proverbs, the the writer of Proverbs is teaching the people when there is no prophetic vision, where there's no understanding of God's word, where there's no love for God's word, when God's word's not taught, people cast off restraint. I found this on the web. (laughs) Siri wants to talk to me. She's curious, I guess, in a prophetic vision. Where there is no prophetic vision. The reason I bring this scripture up at the very beginning of jumping in Ecclesiastes 12 is because The scriptures give us a prophetic vision. Us as believers, we have a prophetic vision. We know how to live with the end in mind because our reality as believers is eternity. And And John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation, we have this book, it's not hidden from us. And, the, and, and John said, and Jesus says, blessed is anyone who reads this book called Revelation. And I, and I just want to plug the women's ministry right now on Thursdays. They go, they're going through, the women, uh, going through the book of Revelation. But the scripture says, blessed is he or she who reads the book of Revelation. Why? Because it is a prophetic vision. It's a revelation of what? Of Jesus. Let's not get caught up in everything that a revelation is teaching about. At the very beginning of that book, it says, this is a revelation of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And then it gets gooder. (laughs) We read through the entire book of Revelation and us as believers to have to live with the end in mind. I want to encourage you this week to spend time reading the book of Revelation and specifically the last three chapters, chapter 20, 21 and 22, because we find our reality, our end on those three chapters. It's so beautiful because it says in chapter 20, it's talking about how there's a thousand years, but also it talks about how Satan, Satan is defeated. Our enemy is defeated. The, the father of lies is defeated. The one who has blinded the minds of those who do not believe in Christ, he will be defeated. That's living with the end in mind. So how much more should we, should we walk in spiritual authority today? Because we know what the end is. Satan's defeated. It goes on to talk about the final judgment as well. Verse 20, or chapter 21 gives us God's vision of the new Jerusalem, the, the new heaven and, and the new earth coming together and God being with his people. And I love this in particular Revelation 21, verse three, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among, among his people. And he, he being God, the creator, the Father, Son, and Spirit, that's what we believe as, Christian, as Christians, he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, No more pain. All these things are gone forever. This is living with the end in mind. 
And then he goes on and says, look, I am making everything new. He's not destroying everything. He's making everything new. Even the book of Romans talks about this idea that, that even creation is waiting, longing for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. They're waiting for, for Christ to come back. As, they being creation is waiting for God to come back as well. So if we as followers of Jesus in this room, living in a post-Christian world out, out, out these doors, how do we live with the end in mind? We have to understand what's, what is the end. Verse 20, chapter 22 goes, in, goes on to talk about how no longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and his lamb, lamb being Jesus, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, will be there forever and his servants will worship him and they will see his face. Remember what God told Moses in Exodus? He says, no one can see my face. Because you will die, because that's how holy, that's how set apart, that's how different our God is. That we cannot, we, cannot, we cannot even look at his face. But in the end, living with the end in mind, one day we as believers will see him face to face. And his name will be written on their foreheads. For the Lord God will shine on them. And then it goes on to talk about how Jesus is coming. And he says, look, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophetic writings or prophecy written in this book. And then I love the very, very ends of this prophetic vision that we got of the ends. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely or drink freely from the water of life. And he says, and he goes on to verse 20, he who is, who, he, he who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon, Jesus said. And then, the, and then it says, amen, come, Lord Jesus, come. Let that be our posture this morning. Let that be our posture moving forward as believers, living with the end in mind. Come, Lord Jesus, come, which is, a, which is a word called Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let that be our heartbeat. As we as believers in 2023, living in a post-Christian world, live with the end in mind. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I'm sure there's a song about it, right? Is it okay if I get some water? How we doing? So, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. If you can turn there, it will be on the, script, it will be on the screen as well. If we're gonna live with the end in mind, we need to know what is the end. And once we know what the end is, church, it should affect our day-to-day -day life. Living with, the end in mind, living with the end in mind should impact our tomorrow. So it gives purpose and meaning for every day you wake up. Some of you in this room, your hair is a different color than mine. Every time you wake up, you should say, thank you, Lord, for another day. 
before you put your feet out on the floor, God, thank you for another day. Those who are young in the room, which we'll talk about in Ecclesiastes 12, because Nick in the spiritual direction went Ecclesiastes 11 and kind of talked about this idea, advice for the young and the old. And now we're gonna get into this idea that the, the preacher, the teacher of Ecclesiastes is gonna talk to the young person real quick. But then we're gonna get to the very end, which is everyone's duty as we live with the end in mind. So Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I just wanna shout out to my family in North Carolina watching live right now. I love y'all. Thank you for supporting. Sorry, as I read my text, I'm sorry. I told you not to be distracted. My wife tells me, why are you? Anyway, Ecclesiastes 12, verse one through seven, it says this. Don't let the excitement of youth, of your youth, cause you to forget the creator. Honor him with your youth before you grow old. Sorry, honor him with your youth before you grow old and say this, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember, so he's gonna, so the writer's gonna go on to say seven times, remember. Young person, remember. Everybody in the room, remember. And seven, if you know anything about Hebrew numer- like numbers, seven is the number of completion. So he's gonna tell us over and over again, remember. Hey, remember. Hey, balcony, remember. Hey, lights, remember. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continue darkening your skies. So there'll be a lot of metaphors, language here. Remember, verse three, him before your legs, which are the guards of your house, start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the, um, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding, and before your eyes, the woman looking through the windows, see dimly. Verse four, remember him before the door of life's opportunity is closed and the sound of work fades. Remember, don't get caught up in all these things that we forget our creator. But the, but the preacher, the writer says, remember, church. How hard is it to remember? Our minds are just, if you're like me, I have so many thoughts in my head that I oftentimes forget How much do we need to remember our creator? Especially in a post-Christian culture who is trying so hard to get us to forget our creator. Amen, somebody. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all their sounds will grow faint. Verse five, remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about the dangers in the streets. Before your hair turns white, I cannot wait one day for my hair to turn white. I'm still gonna have a fresh fade with the white on top. <laughs> before you worry, the dangers in the street, before your hair turns white like, like the almond tree in, in the bloom, and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper, and the cranberry no longer in, inspires sexual desires. Remember him before you, near, before you near the grave, your everlasting home. Remember, we've learned through this book that 
Death is coming to all. That's our all reality. We, we all have something in common. Death. <laughs> and the teacher and preacher is reminding you, young people, hey, death is, death is our reality. He's, rem- he's reminding us, <laughs> us, um, <laughs> us in our 30s, uh, that uh, death is our future. He's reminding us older people that death is our reality. It's our everlasting home. When the mourners will weep at your funeral. Verse six, yes, remember your creator. So he's going back to, he's kind of tying verse one and verse six together. Don't, forget, don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget your creator, but honor him. Verse six, yes, remember your creator now while you are young before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulleys is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth because God says he formed man out of dust and breathed the breath of life into them. And God says, and, and, and the writer of Psalms says that God remembers that we are only dust. So he says, for the dust will return, speaking of the human will, will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. This, the, those last two verses are talking about the idea that yes, life as a young person as you get older, you're going to start to hurt a little bit. You're start, your eyes are gonna get a little, little dim. Your legs are gonna start to hurt. Your ankles are gonna get weak. Your back's gonna, all these things. But then he's, but then he's talking about this idea of the, the silver cord of life. He's talking about this idea that death is just around the corner for anyone and everyone. And then Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 says this. How much time do I got? It says this, this is the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God. Fear God and obey his commandments. Verse 14, because God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. The reason I'm picking up my phone right now is because as I was thinking about this, even last night, there's so many scriptures that talk, about that talk about this idea of fearing God. And I'm going to give you some definitions of what fear God is. So we're all on the same page. But some of the scriptures that I was highlighting in my Bible app last night was Hebrews chapter one, verse nine. Write it down. Hebrews chapter one, verse nine. If you know anything about the, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews says, very, chapter one, verse one, it says, God chose, God spoke to us through through prophets and many things of days of old, but now he's choosing to speak to his, 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 his people through his son, Jesus. That's why we talk about Jesus so much. That's why Jesus is so important in the believer's life because God has chosen to reveal himself through his son, Jesus. Well, it says this about Jesus. Hebrews 1, 9, it says, you love justice and hate evil. God, Jesus, you love justice, but you, but you hate evil. Therefore, Oh God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on more than anyone else. This is teaching us that Jesus had, the, had anointing more than anyone else. Why? Because he loved justice and he hated evil. You don't want to talk about fear of the Lord? Love justice and hate evil. Another scripture that I found encouraging to me about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 8, 13. All who fear the Lord 
will hate evil. It does not say all who fear the Lord will hate people. Because <laughs> that was once my story. And once some of y'all's story. That we disliked people, we hated people until God got a hold of your heart. Until God got a hold of my heart and gave me a love, a supernatural love for people. Because the scriptures teach in 1 John, how can you love God whom you do not see and go around hating your Christian brother and sister who you do see? The scriptures call us a liar. So Proverbs 8, 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, he says, I hate pride. I hate arrogance. I hate corruption. And I hate perverse speech. Do you know God hates gossip? You know, there's a lot of things that God hates. Proverbs 6 gives us a list of things, actually. The fear of the Lord is what the writer of Ecclesiastes is telling us, everyone who is on the earth, this is our duty. This is our, this is what we all are like living for. He says, for this is everyone's duty. To what? Two things, fear God and obey his commandments. Moving on to this idea of fear, fear the Lord or fear God, it says this, Isaiah 11, two and three. Talking about Jesus, it says, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There is a spirit called the fear of the Lord. May we walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, like Jesus. And, and I love this verse Verse three in Isaiah 11, and he will delight. Somebody say delight. delight. He will delight in obeying the Lord. So those who walk with the spirit of the fear of the Lord is going to delight in walking and obeying God's word. See how the fear of the Lord and obeying his commandments are together? They're married. Let me see, do I have another one that I wrote down? Oh, wow. Sweet. Let me go and put that down. So what is the fear of God? What is the fear of the Lord? I think there's a, the fear of the Lord is a coin. We always have been taught that the fear of the Lord is this reverent awe, honor, respect, which it is. But on the other side of that coin, the fear of the Lord and the fear of God is actual understanding who this God is, who this creator is. Because there's some examples in scripture. There's Moses in Exodus 33 when he says, God, I want to see your glory. And God says, all right, I'll show you my, I'll let my goodness pass before you, but you cannot see me face to face. And so but when God's presence came, the scripture says in Ezekiel 33 that God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. So he would not see the Lord face to face because if we see the Lord face to face, we will surely die. And so he hid Moses as he passed by him and then he let him see his backside. And if you know anything about the, the, the people of God in the story of Exodus, when God chose to set the, his people free from Egypt and they were in the desert 
and God chose to come down on the mountain, it says that the people were terrified of this God that just saved them. Think about, think, think about if you were in some kind of, I don't know, uh, car crash or something crazy that you needed, you needed saving and someone saved you. When that, thing, when that happens, our, our initial is like gratitude. Our initial is like, thank you so much. Our initial is like, I, I, I owe them something. I need to be around them. But yet when God chooses to save his people from slavery from Egypt, then God chose, chose to come down and be with his people. The people were so afraid of God that they said, nah, we don't wanna meet with this God anymore. I know he saved us, but we, Moses, you're gonna have to be our representatives because we are terrified. Fear of God. There's another, another man, a prophet named Isaiah. Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah chapter six. We know this scripture is very, uh, very famous. It's like the year of King Uzzah when he died, I saw the Lord's robe that filled the temple. And he goes on, uh, I'm just gonna read it. I'm gonna go ahead and invite the uh, band to come back up as we, as we um, get back into worship. How we doing? Isaiah chapter six, write it down. Because Isaiah five is talking about, what, he's giving out some woes, some warnings, some to the people that he, that, 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 that he is living amongst, that, that, that God has raised him up to speak to, and then Isaiah gets a woe for himself. In the year of King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord, and he was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, which having six wings, with two wings they covered the face, with two they covered the feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. If you know anything about the Exodus story, God's presence was often marked by fire and smoke. And people oftentimes were fearful of this God, even though God was so gentle, uh, even though this God has revealed himself as loving and compassionate, slow to become angry, this is who our God is, this is who he, he, he revealed himself to these people and they were terrified. And so Isaiah is seeing this, he's seeing this smoke. And then in verse, verse five it says, then I said, or sorry, uh, yeah, then Isaiah gets a glimpse of who he is talking about and it says, then I said, it is all over for me. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yeah, I have seen the King, the Lord of the heaven's armies. Fear of the Lord. There's another one that I love so much. Revelation chapter one. I marked it so I can go there really quickly. John is writing to the seven churches in Asia Minor. And he's, and he's in the spirit on the Lord's day and the Spirit is telling him, write down everything you see. And so he's doing that, he's, he's listening and obeying, but as he's writing things down, he keeps hearing this voice. And Revelation, because he gets a vision of the Son of Man, the Son of Man is, is Jesus himself. And then verse, chapter one of Revelation, verse 12, I love this, it says, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands and I, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like a son of man, Jesus. 
He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool. His as white as snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze furnace, fire, referred in a finest. And his voice thundered like a mighty ocean wave. He held seven stars in his right hand and with a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth, which is the word of God, Paul tells us what that is. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance, like an eclipse, like a solar eclipse, you know, like that's what our minds think about. And then John says this about the fear of the Lord, because this is our duty. If you want to live with the end in mind, fear the Lord. Because when you fear the Lord, it's going to affect your today. When you fear the Lord, it's going to affect your tomorrow. When you fear the Lord, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to affect your decisions for the future. So let me remind you, remember your creator in your youth. Second service, I'll speak directly to the young people because they'll be up here sitting here and I'll go more on that one. But fear God. And, and John says this, when I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. A posture of worship. When I heard the voice, I turned and saw, and I fell down at his feet like I was dead. Response in worship, church. The fear of the Lord will cause you to honor him with your life. The fear of the Lord will cause you, church, to rightly worship him. The fear of the Lord, church, will cause you to bow down low. Because in their time, they bowed low to King Caesar, because Caesar was Lord. Let's give us some context. The President of the United States is Lord. But yet, the writers are saying, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Jesus is Lord. And when you see Him and you hear Him, you fall down like you're dead. Fear of the Lord. So there was a actual fear. But in the fear caused obedience. In the fear caused reverence and awe. In, fe in the fear of the Lord caused respect and right thinking of who this creator is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then fear the Lord always leads to obeying his commandments. Jesus says this. Jesus or John, I think they both said actually, if you love me, Jesus says, you will what? Keep my commandments, obey my word. Yes, we fear God and fear God leads to obey, obeying the word of the Lord. That's how we keep the end of mind. But also fear of God leads to love of God, which leads to keeping his commandments. So I don't know if I've given, given anything practical to you, any application to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you application for the scripture this morning. Stop worrying about the preacher to give you application so much time and just take in the word of God and remember your, the application is remember the fear of the Lord. The application is remember the creator before you die. Old people in the room you have, that are retired, you still have purpose. And I'm sorry if that offends you. I don't mean to offend you. I don't know, a seasoned saint in the room. Seasoned 
saints in the room, stop using, I'm just retired, I don't know what to do with my life. Stop using that as a crutch. I mean, I'm not retired, so I don't know what it's like, but, and I'm not saying a lot of you do because I, we, my wife and I brag about this church a lot, about the seasoned saints in this church, of how active you are and how encouraging it is to see someone that is growing old still have love for Jesus. Someone who is growing old still is encouraged by, by students. So yes, the young, I keep looking over here, they're not here. So the young, do not let the excitement of your youth create, uh, cause you to forget the creator. You don't have to wait till you're 35 to start following Jesus. You don't have to wait till your hair is gray to start following Jesus and to get your life right, no. We have examples in this church of seasoned saints, gray head folk that are still following Jesus and still asking God, how can you use me? You know how old Moses was when God used him? He was old. The scriptures say he was old, he was an old man. You know how old Abraham was, Sarah was when God chose to use them, come on. So church, I want you to stand up right now. We're gonna go into this song called Make Room. And as we make room for God to come and do whatever he wants to do, because the preacher cannot make you do what you, the, 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 the preacher can't make you do, what, do anything. The church leader can't make you do anything. But Jesus can do only what he can do. And so let's make room for the Lord this morning, amen?
is is in heaven. God, would our lives be a pleasing sacrifice to you and you alone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. Empower us and fill us with your power that we may be a witness of your love. as those who have friendships or maybe more specifically in my situation, those who are married, how easy it is to look at your spouse sometimes and you mess up, but you find some way to blame them, right? Like, 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 like I lose my tone or I lose my temper and all of a sudden, but if you wouldn't have done this and people of God, I think we've fallen for this idea that we look at the world and we want to tell the world, oh yeah, it's all the world's fault. It's blaming the world, how bad the world is. And the word that I heard coming through those passages today is, Lord, begin with me. Why are we not surrendering? Why are we not the ones that are first to raise our hands and say, God, God, I want to surrender more fully. I want to worship you with a greater heart. I want to be on my knees and on my face, and I want to be before you. And I want to allow you to transform my life in such a way that it demands an answer. And people are asking, why is your life so different? But we default to blame the world, blame the world, blame the world, blame the world. 
God, would you transform us? Folks, we're going to be entering into a season over the next probably 10 weeks where we're going to be talking about transformation and we're going to be seeking the Lord in prayer. And my heart is that when we come to the conclusion of that season, that, that we would be different because we have encountered Jesus, not because we preach fantastic messages, not because we sang great songs, not because a bunch of people gathered together, but we would be different because we encountered Jesus. I want you to raise your hands this morning in a posture of surrender as we pray. Lord, may you begin with me. Search my heart, oh God. Search the rooms of my life. God, I don't want to just make a little bit of room for you, God. I want you to clean out the stuff in my life that is keeping me from experiencing more and more of you, God. I want to walk step by step throughout my day with a fear of the Lord, with the end in mind, that I might know you more fully, that I might be shaped by you in greater ways, that my life and my heart might reflect you. God, teach me. Teach me to walk in your ways. Teach me to fear the Lord. Teach me, God, how to make more and more and more and more room for you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning? Hallelujah. We're going to have our prayer team up here. We don't want you just to check the box if Jesus is speaking to you. We want you to take that next step, and we want you to invite you to come down here, and the prayer team is down here. They'd love to pray with you and talk to you about who Jesus can be in your life. And so we invite you to do that here in a moment. And then as you go today, that word that Pastor Philip used earlier, Maranatha, come Lord that they would use is they would pass each other and they would kind of meet eye to eye and they would they would say maranatha to each other was like code word of come lord like we on the same page we want to see god god's kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven right and so this week as you're walking throughout i want you to use that language with one another whether you remember the word maranatha or whether you just say to the people your friends the people you see at work that you know are believers come lord come lord come to the central coast Come in greater ways on earth as it is in heaven, amen? So as you go this week, may your heart's desire to be, be to see the Lord come in greater ways. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next week.